Good morning, everyone. Uh, it's really lovely to be back here in Carrick Fergus with you all. It's been quite some time. We kind of forget the last two years. I think it's maybe been three or four years since I was last here, uh, but it's lovely to be back. Um, We'd mentioned here that I was formerly off the Amazing Journey. I think the Amazing Journey are looking to appoint someone just this week, so you would value your prayers for that. But yes, I've moved on to pastors new, but I always loved coming here and sharing with the work here with you in the local schools, and I thank you uh, for your uh, prayer and for your, your time and your effort into that, into the local community. Uh, but it's really, really good to be back with you here again this morning. Uh, at your family service. So what I've got to say is hopefully interesting to the young people, but also to everybody. But don't worry about all that extra noise and the snacks that I can hear. Listen, if my boys were here, they'd be causing just as much problem. All right. But it's lovely for you to have all the children in uh, and to take part in the service here today. So I wonder if you look at the screen there, we'd see a little picture. Have... You ever heard someone say this? Maybe it's your mum, your dad, your granny, your granda, or you've entered old age like me and they say, you say this yourself. I wonder if you ever heard the phrase, they don't make them like they used to. Have you heard that phrase before? They don't make them like they used to. Now, the idea behind this little phrase is that there's a belief out there somewhere that back in the good old days, they made things better. They made things to last. Now, whether that was clothes, kitchen appliances, machinery, electronics, whatever it might be, there's this belief that back in the good old days, things were built to last. Take this, for example. You've heard of an object lesson. Boy, have I got an object here for you today. Let me just get myself ready for this, okay? So in here, I've got an object. Now, do you know what it is? Go for it. A mixer. Yeah, a food mixer. I'm going to set it down now because this is pretty heavy. This is my mum's food mixer. Well, actually, not strictly true. This was my granny's food mixer. My granda bought this for my granny over 50 years ago. And my mum still uses it today to make great cakes and buns. It's still going strong. This food mixer, a Kenwood mixer, over 50 years old and still working. This was built to last. I had to buy a new TV this week. Seven years it gave me. That was it. Seven years. We have to refresh our phones every few years as well. But this food mixer was built to last. They really don't make them like this anymore. Do you know what? There's actually a lot of truth to that statement. It's not just a thing that old people say. Believe it or not, they really don't make them like they used to. You see, companies today, they practice something, you'll see it on the screen, called planned obsolescence. Let's get our tongues around that one. Say it with me. Planned obsolescence. Okay, you might not have heard that term before you, but you'll probably be familiar with the idea. Let me explain this a little bit. Obsolescence comes from the word obsolete, which means no longer useful or no longer in style. Who does that describe in here? But to put it simply, planned obsolescence means that when a company decides to make clothes, machinery, a phone, a toaster, a lawnmower, or today's food mixers, 
they purposely make them so that they will not last, that they will need to be replaced. They'll either become out of date or useless within a certain time frame that they'll need replaced, and that company ends up getting more money out of you. Just like Samsung got more money out of me with the TV this week. Apple that make the phones and all the big computers, they once got into trouble for all of this and had to pay out millions of pounds in damages because when they updated their iPhones, they updated them so that old phones just wouldn't work anymore. They got caught out and got in trouble for it. But possibly the best example of planned obsolescence is the humble light bulb. You see it here on the screen again, the humble light bulb. This is called the Centennial light bulb, and it's hanging in a fire station in California, and it's been hanging there since 1901, and it has hardly ever been switched off. This light bulb has been lighting up the fire station for over 120 years. But here's what happened. In the 1920s, the big light bulb companies got together in Switzerland, and they decided that this just wasn't any good. They weren't making enough money out of people. So they decreed on that day that light bulbs from now on would last about a thousand hours in total. But they could, in theory, last for over a hundred years. So that, that old concept, that theory we've been thinking about, that planned obsolescence, it's a hundred percent true. They're not made like they used to. Things today have a shelf life. They will run out. They will break down. They will need replaced. Someday even the Centennial light bulb will go out and my granny's food mixer will give up the ghost. Someday. And that will be a sad day. But this reminds me of a story in the Bible. A story where Jesus is embarking on a journey back to Galilee. And he sits down one day at a well, he's on his own, and he meets someone. We're going to read that story from John chapter 4. I'm going to pick it up at verse 4. John chapter 4 and verse 4. So Jesus eventually came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well around noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You're a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If only you knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or or a bucket, she said, and the well is really deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? But Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water 
will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Living water. Water that Jesus says means that you'll, you'll never thirst again. Now, given what we've just been talking about in plant obsolescence, that seems like it's too good to be true. The Samaritan woman was thirsty. She'd come to the well to draw water, cool, clean, fresh water that was going to quench her thirst, and Jesus' too. He'd asked for a drink. But not for long. You see, this lady would be back the next day for more water. Her thirst would return. So what was Jesus talking about? What was this living water that Jesus was trying to speak about today? Well, as many of you have probably guessed already, Jesus wasn't really talking about the water from the well. He was talking about himself. See, in the same way that the lady had to come to the well for water each day, she had also tried many different ways of living her life and of experiencing satisfaction and joy and happiness, and none of these things had worked. And we know that from later on in the story that Jesus knew everything about this woman, everything she had ever done, and he knew that there was something missing. He knew she needed more. Whether you're a young person here today or older, we're all just like this, aren't we? We often put our trust in the things of this world, our money, our stuff, our belongings, our new gadgets, our football teams. Mine is Manchester United. They're letting me down. We put our trust in people. And there are many people that we can trust but we will often get let down too. All of the things that this world can offer will let us down. They will eventually run out. They will need replaced. Nothing that this world can offer us will, will give us the joy, the satisfaction that we need. We will always thirst for more. We will never get enough. My little boy Judah is five, and the best five-year-old Christmas present you can get is Lego, isn't it? Loads and loads of Lego, and secretly I love it too. Lego. He got this big box of Lego for Christmas. He could create many, many different things. He then, other people bought him Lego. There was Iron Man Lego and Star Wars Lego. Every kind of Lego that you could want is out there. You can go and get it. But honestly, I kid you not, five minutes after we had built his first thing with his new Lego, he was looking through the book that has all the instructions, and then they craftily put something else in there. They put other, other types of Lego, other Lego that you could want to buy. And he's looking through that and immediately saying, I'd like this one for my birthday. His birthday's in December. It's going to be a long wait. But he was wanting more already. 
but even me as an adult, and you too as an adult, the grown-ups here today, we're always the same. It's not Lego we're wanting more of. We want the new phone. We want the promotion in work. We want the bigger house, the nice car. We're always chasing after things. But then when we get them, we always want more. They don't fill that hole in our lives that only Jesus can. You see, when we take what Jesus has to offer, a life with him forever, that will not only be the best decision we make for this life, but also for the one to come. He said, living water, a fresh bubbling stream that leads to eternal life. You see, because Jesus died and rose again, defeating sin and defeating death, he can offer us forgiveness. Life with him here on earth, but life with him forever in heaven. And yes, this life will still have its ups and it will have its downs. There will be difficult times and sad times. But the joy that we get with life with Jesus is like nothing else. The hope that we have of something more. You see, we're not made for life on this earth. We're made to live forever. And with Jesus, that forever can be in heaven with him. I'm sure many of you have the Jesus Storybook Bible in your house. One of the best lines that it uses constantly is that God's love is a love that never lets us down, never runs out, never fails, never gives up. It's an always and forever love. You can try, and all of us have, to find that elsewhere. But let me tell you, you will always grow thirsty again. Because... They don't make them like Jesus. Not they don't make them like they used to. They don't make them like Jesus. His love and life with him lasts forever. The centennial light bulb that's hanging in that fire station in California, one day it will grow dim. One day it will go, go and blow. They'll replace it and it won't last any more than a thousand hours. Someday, mum's Kenwood mixer will stop working. She'll have to go and get a new one. But I know that God's love for me will never, ever run out. No matter far, how far I go, no matter what I do, he will always love me. And he will always offer something that this world cannot. And my prayer here for you today, whether it's a young person or an adult is that you will know that love too. Let's pray. Father, we praise and we thank you for your word, the Bible, and for the living hope that it gives to us. We pray that you will help us not to put our trust in the things of this world, the many good things that this world can offer, but the things that will run out, the things that will need replaced, the things that will let us down. Help us to put our trust in you, knowing that you never give up. You will love us forever. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for sending him to die on that cross so that we can be forgiven and live life forever with you in heaven. 
if we ask for that forgiveness. It's a free gift. We ask that today the people here of this church, young and old, will know that free gift of grace. That will put your trust, their trust in you and your love that never grows dim. Pray that you be with us for the remainder of the service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.